college classes. It's parallels a college class. And it's a lot of work. And I tell them at the beginning of the year, if you do the work and you do it to the best of your ability, you're going to benefit from this. I'm going to test you and I'll grade your test so you we can get, gauge where you are. But when it comes to homework, I'm going to give you homework and I'm going to check that you did it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to grade it. And I you know, you could fail this class, you could blow it off, and you'd still pass for the year. You could get a zero in this class, and you'd still pass. This is just to help you. And that assignment, I, you know, when I, when I give you kind of homework in church or something, and I say, go home and do this, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, there's only one way that you're going to get into heaven, and that's by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So when I say something up here, that's just extracurricular assignment, and it's only going to benefit you if you do it, right? It makes sense? And so it's kind of interesting I, I said that, and I can name a few of them, but I've had a couple of ladies in the church have come up to me and said, Pastor Scott, I did that. I went home and I wrote down. One of the, one of the ladies even came and said, I found all the ladies in the Bible that prayed. And, and But my point is, is and, and if you're a man and you came and you had that conversation with me, I apologize, uh, but I don't remember having that conversation with you. My point is, is that I've only had that conversation where somebody has come to me and said, I've been writing down my prayers in the Bible from ladies. And I think that's kind of a good introduction to tonight because our prayer warrior that we're going to talk about tonight is a lady. And so um, I think that's fitting. And I think that some awesome, awesome prayer warriors are ladies. I just, um, I've heard stories and have talked to ladies who have, like Roma Wayne, who wore out her directory praying for people in the church. And her directory was really, really old back from, from like 1993, and she prayed over that for 20 years, and she just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I know that there are many, you know, we just had Arlene Edwards' funeral here. She had her prayer wall, and she prayed over that prayer wall for, she, she laid in bed all day, and she'd spend four hours praying. That's awesome. And prayer changes things. And I'd like us to open in our Bibles to 1 Samuel. Chapter 1. And I wonder on your list if one of the prayers that you had written down was Hannah. Because Hannah's prayer was pretty amazing. And I can remember me and my wife studying through the book of 1 Samuel and reading 1 Samuel and getting to the to the 1 Samuel chapter 1 and wondering what in the world Elkanah's problem was. He had a big problem, two wives. And um, Hannah, Hannah and Penina. And there have been people... Um, I guess Brigham Young, 
and the Mormons have kind of ran with this, uh, this idea of multiple wives. Look and read the scriptures and try to find one time where that worked out good at all. Nope, you won't. And you, you look at this and you, you read about guys. Uh, my wife was getting ready for her Sunday school class, I think, today. And she was talking about Abraham with Sarah and Keturah. I'm not Keturah. And Hagar. I was talking about Keturah with Pam Wood just a little bit ago. That was his wife after Sarah died. Did that work out good for him? No. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, doesn't work out good for this guy either. Read the Bible. Never works out well. Do things God's way. Uh, that just always seems to make sense. And he's, he was all wise, right? In the way he told us to operate and to do things. But in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10, we have this amazing, amazing prayer of Hannah. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservants and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come on his head. As I think about Hannah, and I think about her prayer, she prays for a child. She is in bitterness of soul, and she weeps out to the Lord in anguish for a child. Does God want to hear your personal requests? Yes. He absolutely does. It is absolutely okay to be like Roma Wayne. And, and I, I know that there are people in this church that do this. It is absolutely okay to grab the church directory, to open it up and pray through the, through the church directory. I heard tonight that if you pray through the church directory, you're praying for over 200 people. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And I think that that's absolutely okay for you to do. And we should be doing those types of things. You need your own way to pray to the Lord and to lift up your requests for other people. But I think that at the same time, we need to, like Hannah, be able to when we are when we are hurt hurting when we are discouraged when we have a problem like we want we are in we need a child we want god to provide a child that it's okay to pray for those things and hannah in this case uh, she lifts up her prayer to the lord and so i got a couple of verses that I'd like us to look at about like praying when we have hard times, when we have something difficult. And um, 
when we're going through things. When I, when I think about praying for a child, I think when I was at probably, you know, my parents brought me to church here when I was Cody's age. I was here when I was Ashton's age. And I probably sat through here, and I, I sat in Miss Marilyn's Sunday school class, and I can re remember her teaching me about Abraham. And when came up to Abraham and Sarah and them in God saying, this year, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. And Sarah being this old lady and having a child. I remember being a kid and thinking, why'd they want a child? What's, you know, what's the big deal about if they didn't have a child? Then, then you begin to grow up and you realize how important the family structure that God created and that, that desire for a child comes into play. And then you realize what these women must have been going through and the extreme faith that they had, that they had to have. They needed to pray that God would provide. And God did the impossible. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, right? Even having a child. And you look through the Old Testament, that was a big deal. Referenced it this morning with Elisha and the Shunammite woman. And as you look through the scriptures, having a child was a big important situation and God did some amazing miracles where he provided a child when there was that need and God still does those kind of miracles today and he is a miracle working God and he is in that kind of business I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to 2nd Kings chapter 6 2nd Kings chapter 6 2 Kings chapter 6 says, in verse 26 of 2 Kings chapter 6, says, When the heavens are shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against you, when they pray toward this place, and confess your name, and turn from their sin." Because you afflict them. Then, here in heaven, and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk, and send rain on your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. Um, I, in Second Kings chapter 6, verses 26 and 27, God is giving a promise to Israel. And in this particular case, God says, when, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because you have sinned, then you pray. And even though God was, in that passage of Scripture, He was talking to Israel, I think the principle absolutely applies to us today. Did I say 2 Kings? Sorry, on the board it says 2 Chronicles. I'll read it again. I apologize. I do that to my wife about a hundred times a day. She, she's, she knows exactly what I'm 
2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. It says, When the heavens are shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against you. When they pray toward this place and confess your name, and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk, and send rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. Sometimes we live in a land where we, in our lives, there is a drought. Maybe if we live in Binghamton, probably it's not that we've gone uh, three days without water. Um, but, but at the same time, uh, we have problems where we feel the drought. I know that sometimes that drought may be of a day of, you, that drought might be a day without, without peat, with, with peace. We have a drought from peace. We get a constant call of someone coming up with problems and, and they need this fixed, they need that fixed, and, and we just desire a day of peace. we got to pray to God that He'll provide that. Sometimes maybe like in Hannah's life, the drought is you don't have a child. Maybe the drought is, is you have not heard from a grandchild. And you would like to, and you would like to hear that that grandchild is heading in the right direction. Pray to God. God can do amazing things. Reach your hands towards heaven and pray. Maybe it's a financial need. Or you just feel that one thing after another um, is breaking down. And you need God to work it out. A, a couple months ago, I was very discouraged about some things that were just, it seemed like there was one week where it just seemed like one thing after another after another. And I got discouraged about it. And um, I can remember my wife saying, Scott, you always tell people, pray about these things, pray about these things. And I had to admit that she was right. And uh, we prayed about it. And as I think it was, Yesterday or Friday, we looked back on that situation and we said, look at how God worked it out and took care of it. You pray and God deals with these things and he provides. And it's okay to pray. It's okay to pray for these things for yourself. And we need to make sure that we're consistent in that prayer. Let's turn to Romans really does say Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, Verses 9 and 10, it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, 
making request, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I might impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And as I look at this case, Paul says he has a prayer request to God that he would be able to see the people of Rome. And he says, I just keep praying for that. I pray for this without ceasing, making mention of this always in my prayer. And that was just that he'd be able to see and encourage and get mutual encouragement from these Christian friends. Maybe the request is something that we might seem as simple as, I have this friend, someone I I saw in the Lord and I wanted to see them and I just prayed and God answered. Um, I don't know. Maybe a way that God could have done that is maybe there was someone here. Uh, it was neat to see Elaine Edmondson walk through the door today. Maybe somebody needed the encouragement today and was saying, man, I, they're just praying. I really miss Elaine Edmondson. I wish you. And then, boom, she pops up into the door. Wouldn't that be awesome if God answered a prayer like that? Um, God, we talked this morning about how there's no coincidence. And I heard a couple of people as they were leaving this morning say, you're absolutely right, Pastor. There, With God, there are no coincidences. When I needed God to come through the most, he did it in this way. And God answers our prayers. Even there, when they're for ourselves, and, and we have a need and we go to our Father who is good and he will answer those re- requests. And my question is, for everybody this morning, did God answer Hannah's request? Yeah. God provided a child. And that child was born to Hannah. And Hannah fulfilled her promise, her vow to God. And gave that child back to God. That must have been a hard thing to do. We know that from reading the Bible that God provided more children um, to Hannah. And that was an amazing thing. But as we look in 1 Samuel chapter 2, we see God's or Hannah's prayer of praise to the Lord after God answered her request. And so I'd like to read Hannah's Prayer of praise in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, it says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk more, no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The vows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who who were full have hired themselves out for bread and the hungry have ceased to hunger 
Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to, to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. I, I think I've always sat and I thought, that's a pretty elaborate prayer for a woman who was granted the gift of having a child, isn't it? She acknowledges that God is sovereign over all. That he is the all-powerful. And that he is God even in the midst of your difficult time. When things are bad, God is still God. And God will give, will take those who follow him and he will make sure that their end is worthy of praise before him. She also says that, that when you have an enemy, like, like David, I mean, I think that this is pretty... Uh, fitting prayer from a woman who starts off a book that the end is going to uh, be finished by David. That the enemies that you have, don't pay them a whole lot of attention. You can pray for them. You could try to be peaceful with them. But don't worry. Someone's out to give you. Someone, God is greater than them. And he will take care of your enemies. And he, let, let him deal with them. You just focus on your relationship with the Lord. And let him deal with appropriately your enemies. And wouldn't the best story be if God would take your enemies and change their hearts and save them for all of eternity? That'd be the greatest story, the greatest part of this whole thing. But as I, as I read through this, I, I thought of three other verses that I thought about, you know, our prayers and just praising the Lord. And the first one comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, I desire therefore that men everywhere, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. If you were to, to go along to verse 9, it says, In like manner also that the women adore themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braiding of hair or gold or, or pearls or costly clothing. 
And as we look at this passage of Scripture, it talks about how that we need to make sure that when we come to church, we have uh, the good and proper uh, way that we, we present ourselves before the Lord. And it's important for us as Christians that when we, that when we pray, that it's vertical and that it's a relationship with God the Father. You don't pray for the people out there to, to, for them to get the glory, for them to hear what you're saying. Your prayer is to go to God. And He is the person to, to which our prayers go. It's not, it's not to, for everybody else to get the attention. It's for God to get the glory. And so we pray, praise and we send our prayers up to God. Let's turn it over in our Bibles also tonight. To the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans, chapter 12. In Romans, chapter 12, verse 9 is becoming one of my favorite verses, a verse that I love and I share often. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with love, brotherly love. In honor, giving, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. The reason I read verses 9 to 13 this evening, uh, my focus obviously was in chapter 11 where it says, continuing steadfastly in prayer. The point that I wanted to make is that in verse 9, it says, cling to what is good. And then he goes on to describe what is good. I like it that he doesn't, in this case, there are other places in the Bible that Paul will spell out the things that are bad and the things that need not to be in our, our lives. But in this case, he says, cling to what is good. You hear often, that if you have something bad, something negative in your life, if you have evil in your life, if you have something that you desire to get out of your life, you need to get rid of it and you need to replace it with something that is good. If you say, you know what, I want to change my diet. I, I'm not happy with my diet. I'd like to change what I'm eating. And if you say, okay, I'm going to stop eating, and you can say A, B, C, D, and E. And if you say, I'm going to put these things out of my life, and you don't put something good in to replace it, you're, going to be, you're fighting a losing battle, right? That'll last all of about three days, and those things will be back in your life. And if you have, if you have something that you want to get out of your life and, and send it out of your life and and you say, I don't want that in my life anymore. And if you don't replace it with things that are good, you're fighting a losing battle. 
And that's very, very hard to do. And if you say, I want to abhor what is evil, then you need to cling to what is good. And Paul here describes what is good. And one of those things is continuing steadfastly in prayer. Has God done something good for you today? Then pray about it. Thank him for it. And do that steadfastly. Do it every day. Praise God for the good things that he's doing. If you've got a problem with your tongue, if you've got a problem with complaining, praise God like Hannah did. If God is doing amazing things in your life, go to him and pray to him and say, praise the Lord. God, you're doing something amazing. And as I thought about Hannah's prayer, I thought about Psalm 141 and verse 2. 141 and verse 2. Our God is a very active God. Often in the Bible, we hear that God is a God who sees the affliction of his people. He hears their requests. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hebrews chapter 4. He it also says in the Psalms, Taste, uh, tasting was a hard one for me to find, but in the Psalms it does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. But don't you love it that the Bible says that, you know, we can God is active with his five senses? And in Psalm 141 in verse Two, it says, let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. I'm not a big candle person. I, I'm not very good at smelling things. And I, I rarely can, you know, I have to have a flower like right up my nose in order to be able to smell what's going on with that. Um, it's just not a smelling is not a big thing to me. But I know some people that, you know, there's they like to burn their candle and they like to they have all these different scented candles and they like the room to smell good to them. The Bible talks about our prayers as if they are something that's a sweet aroma to the Lord. And I think that as Hannah bowed her head and she prayed that God would give her a child. It was a sweet aroma to the Lord. And then when that child comes and she praises the God who she says is that the God, her God is her rock, that he saves her from the enemy, that even in the hard times, he is good, and that in the end, he will be the source of the victory. And she praises God. I think her prayers went up to heaven and they were a sweet smell to God. Um, Hannah was a great example of a prayer warrior. She had a problem and she went to God with her simple request. Not, I, I say that word it's a simple request to God. And it probably seemed like a simple thing to her. She needed a child. That was a miracle. That was a huge miracle, right? 
When you can't have a child and God provides that, that's an amazing, powerful miracle. It's the one that first got the phrase, with God all things are possible in the Bible. And so that was a big time miracle that, that Hannah got when she prayed to God. And then her, her praise, sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. So tonight, as you pray to God, and you thank Him for His goodness, thank Him for His grace, thank Him for the way He answers your answers your requests with miracles. Praise Him. Thank Him. And just kind of picture, you should get a visual image of your prayers going up to God. And if your prayers are pure and from the heart, they're sweet aroma. To an active God who sees, who hears, who smells, who touches. And if you want to stretch it, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Our God is active. And our prayers mean something. So if you feel like you're in the midst of a famine, like you have this unanswered request that's personal to you, like Hannah, down on your knees and pray to the Lord. And when He answers your request, lift your hands up and praise Him in like fashion. It's a sweet aroma to the Lord. Let's pray. God, I thank You for the way that You've answered our requests, our prayers, and we give You the credit that You are due. I thank you and I pray you, praise you for stories like Hannah where we have this woman who got down on her hands and knees and prayed out to you because she needed, she needed, she wanted a child. And you answered. And she gave you the credit that you're due. And God, I believe in my heart that was a sweet aroma to the Lord. Help us to, like Paul, pray for those things that we desire to see you do and to pray continually. And Lord, to give you the praise that you're due when you, we, we see you answer. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.